All right, hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today, and once again, welcome. Today what we're doing is we're actually beginning a new series, which is entitled, These Three Remain. And the three things that we're talking about remaining are faith, hope, and love that after the shaking that occurred in 2020, we need to really have tools from God and how to move forward, move forward into the life of blessing, purpose, and really kingdom um, perspective that he has for us, even as we look to God to rebuild our lives as we come out of both a pandemic and the sh all the shakings that occurred in our past year. And so today we're going to start this series by focusing on the message of faith, how God has given us not just a salvific faith, but also a faith that really transforms our lives and transforms the dynamics of our daily interactions with God and one another as we look to move out of the difficulties that we've experienced, or literally, if we're still in them, how we continue to continue to endure and move through them with trust in the living God. And so um, today, as we uh, look into the scripture, we're going to be coming out of one of the Apostle Paul's letters to the early church, which was the letter to the Romans. And we're going to be reading out of Romans 4, starting in verse 13. And before we get into that, I just wanted to define for those of you who uh, may be unfamiliar with the faith, what faith actually is, what it is what, that we're talking about whenever we're talking about faith. What we're not talking about is we're not talking about just the power of positive thinking. Though the thoughts that are, might be positive or better than those thoughts that are cynical or just negative all the time. When we're talking about a biblical faith, it's so much more than that. We're talking about really trust and learning to entrust ourselves to a God who is faithful, to a God who is a miracle worker, to a God who is high above all he the heavens and all rule and authority and is able to, by his love, grace, and power, supernaturally change our circumstances, even by a word. That same word by which he created the universe, he can recreate us, recreate us in our minds and our hearts and in our present circumstances. And so we look with great faith to God and trust in God and his word during this time as we look to transition from all that occurred in 2020 to all the faith that we should have in God in 2021. That is the first tool that he's given us to move forward. Faith, hope, and love. Today, we're focusing on faith. And so our focus is going to be this statement that we will come to know the blessing of God as we keep Jesus as the center and the object of our faith. And so before we do anything else, Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word to us today. And we thank you that in all that happened in 2020, um, the year 2020, that God, you are with us, that you were Emmanuel, God who was with us. And God, we thank you that as we look with great expectation into 2021, that you are still the God who is 
with us. And that not only are you with us, but God, you want to implant in us and awaken in us a great faith, a great trust and confidence in you that not only has us believe you for a changing of seasons, but also in the midst of the seasons in which we find ourselves have great endurance and great joy because we know that God, you are the one who resurrects the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today, if you have your Bible, let's open to the book of Romans, and we're going to, again, start in verse 13. And this is what the scripture says. It says, for the promise, the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. In hope, he, meaning Abraham, believed against hope that he would become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises, the promise rather of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Okay, so what is, what was God talking about here and how are we to understand and interpret faith in the midst of this? Well, for all of us, we need to first have an understanding of what God's speaking to in this situation. And in this situation, we see the story of Abraham. And Abraham, who, if you're not familiar with the patriarch, was really the lineage which uh, at least three of the major religions of the world try to derive their lineage whether it be Christianity, Judaism, or Islam, we see that all of them are pointing back to this historic figure of Abraham, who is the patriarch of what they claim to be their faiths. Now, we know that in this story, God is specifically talking about Abraham as the father of the faith, both of the Judaic faith and also the um, Christian faith. We know that Judaism is the root of Christianity, and we know that the basically that Christians owe their the bedrock of their faith to that which was 
initiated by the faith of Abraham whenever God gave him a promise that you are going to be the father of many nations. But God said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And I'm going to, though you at the age of 75 find yourself barren, uh, I'm sorry, childless, and your wife, Sarah, who was a few years younger, was barren in her womb. God came to this man, Abraham, at the age of 75 and gave him a promise. He gave him a promise saying that you are going to be the father of many nations and through you all nations of the earth will be blessed. Now this was an important promise because ultimately this was the promise through which God would bring the earthly human lineage of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who we know is God incarnate as the son of God who would live sinlessly for humanity, work signs, wonders, and miracles proving his divinity, and then would make predictions about his own death on the cross to reconcile fallen and sinful humanity to a holy and righteous God through his death on the cross, taking the wrath and the punishment that we deserve on himself but because of his innocence, three days later, rise from the dead by his resurrection, providing not only forgiveness of sins, but new life to any man, woman, or child who would turn away from their sins and put their trust in Jesus and what he had done for them. This was the bedrock of that faith, that God was making a promise to Abraham that all nations would be blessed through this Jesus, this seed who would eventually come from your body, but... But I'm giving it to you, this promise, at a time when you are old and 75 years old, past your prime, right? And you are also, you are also married to a woman who up to this point in her 60s, at least in her body, had already been shut down physically from being able to have children. But God said, I am a supernatural God who makes supernatural promises. And even in the midst of seemingly insurmountable circumstances, I make promises that if you trust me and learn to live by faith, trusting my word as true, then you will see supernatural, supernatural promises from God manifested in your life. And when God's saying that there is a shaking that's occurred, um, that occurs in our lives, he's shaking anything in our lives that are not built on the bedrock of his word, built on the bedrock of our confidence in him. And that's what 2020 has been for all of us, right? A shaking that we have nothing to put our confidence in ultimately or even eternally except God and his word that he's going to bring about his promises through his son, Jesus. Now, this is what uh, God's talking about here in this story of Abraham. I'm making you a promise that you're going to be the father of many nations. But that promise would come through his son, Isaac, a supernatural birth that even after uh, his wife, Sarah, was old in years and had gone through menopause, he said, I'm going to still bring supernaturally a child through this woman. And this sets up the story of what we're reading right now, that as we are told and commended to have faith in God, it's faith that God is able to do the supernatural. God is able by his word and by his promises to bring life to that which we think is dead. 
And so we see for the promise to Abraham and his offering offspring that he would be heir of the world. Going back to verse 13, it says, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And when God's talking about faith and the type of faith that we need to have, this already is an important point to grasp that whenever God is making his promise to Abraham or to us, when he's making promises that whatever happened or whatever you found died in 2020, whether it be relationships, whether it be a business, whether it be your confidence or your mental health, what you see as dead because of what we experienced in this past year. God says, I can speak to it and make it alive again, but it's not going to be based on your good works. It's not going to be based on the fact that you are good enough to receive the goodness of God in your life. And this is what he's saying. Abraham did not receive this promise that his offspring would be heir of the world because he simply obeyed the law. And that's fundamental to understanding our walk with God because no good thing that God does for us is ultimately based on our intrinsic goodness. We know that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. We've all done what's wrong in our lives. But God still says, I come to you by grace, meaning giving you what you don't deserve to actually come into a place where I make promises to you that by which I'll be honored and glorified through your life simply because of my goodness towards you, God's goodness towards you rather than our goodness before him. When he made this promise to Abraham and said, have faith in me, have trust in my word. It was because of God's goodness and not Abraham's. And whatever good God does in your life this year will be based on God's goodness and not your own. In verse 14, he says, for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, then faith is null and the promise is void. Because if it's totally dependent on the good that we do, then ultimately we'll never get there because we'll all ultimately fall short. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that the life, the purpose, and the promises that he wants to bring you into are not based on your perfect record but they're actually based on the perfect record of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ has a perfect record and we put our faith in him, that which was attributed to Jesus can now be attributed to those who don't try to justify themselves before God or in life as we know it because of our good record, but instead put our confidence and our trust in his good record to receive anything good. And that's when we don't have an excuse not to obey the law, but instead have a motivation to obey the law all the more. Why? Because we know we're heirs of a promise and not just heirs of our meritocracy. The grace of God comes to go give you more than what you actually deserve. Give me more than I actually deserve. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, There is no transgression. You see, because Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly, when God looks at you, when God looks at me as we've come and submitted to Jesus, there's no longer any transgression on our record because Jesus has paid for it all. On the cross, Jesus has paid for it all. And you need to understand this if you're going to relate by faith with confidence to God, with God in this year. Now, verse 16 says that that is why it depends on faith. 
meaning for God to bring about his promises in your life. The promises of the word of God, the written word, God's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When you come and you call upon God and seek him, he said he'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. See, these are promises that God makes to people, whether they were near to God or far away. He calls and beckons people to come near through the gospel of Jesus. But it says it depends on faith, him manifesting the promises that he's made to you, or maybe even the hope that the Holy Spirit himself has spoken to you in relationship with you. For him to manifest those promises that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about relationships, about maybe your business, maybe about your career or the trajectory that he has for you to glorify his name in your life. It depends on faith in order that the promise, verse 16 said, may rest on grace, God giving us what we don't deserve and be guaranteed guarantee to all his offspring, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shares in the faith of Abraham. So what was the faith of Abraham? The faith of Abraham was, I know that in and of myself, my body is old and probably can't produce this nation that God actually told me was going to come from me. My wife, Sarah, she's gone through menopause. Her body isn't, conceive, isn't able to naturally conceive children any longer. But I put my confidence, despite what I see in the natural, in God's supernatural word. And because Abraham had that type of faith, he tapped into the grace that God actually had for him. This is the faith that God's actually calling us to in a dynamic relationship with him as the people of God today. And he said that if we want to in 2021 come into the grace of God, we need to have the same faith of Abraham no longer depending on our own good works, but depending on Christ's record to actually see us come out of darkness and into light, out of a life of bondage to sin, into the freedom that God has for us, and then ultimately into his kingdom purposes. Because as, as verse 17 says, as, as it is written to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. I've made you the father of many nations. And even as that was Abraham's natural inheritance, so it's a part of the spiritual inheritance that God has for the people of God who serve Jesus. That even as you are uh, becoming a disciple through the word of God and learning what it means to love God and serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, part of that is that not only would you be a disciple, that but that you would go and proactively make disciples, proclaiming the name of Jesus and teaching others to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us, even as we see them baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, I've made you by faith the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom we believe, who gives, and this is important, life to the dead, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So when we are living by faith, this is the good news about God and his interaction with you. God calls to life in your life, in your circumstances, that which was dead. Over this past year, have you maybe lost some relationships because of all the strains and the divisions that existed in our land? You might consider some of 
your relationships dead. But do you know that by faith, God says he can bring life to the dead? Do you have children who might have gone astray? Though you might have prayed for them and uh, uh, tried your best to deliver the word of God to them as they grew. Well, God says, though they might be dead in their transgressions and sins now, never really born again, though they grew up in a Christian home. God says he can give life to the dead as we put our trust, our faith in his ability to raise the dead. How about your marriage? Has it received uh, a whole lot of strain and been under a strain that has really fractured or broken your intimacy with your spouse? God says he can bring life to the dead as you put your faith and your trust in him. God can bring life to the dead when we come to him with the same confidence in his word that Abraham had when God made the promise to him. And we see that God is always always encouraging us that he brings into existence. He calls into existence the things that do not exist presently. That's the nature of God. God created ex nihilo, the world by his spoken word, and he spoke into existence all that we see around us today. And in the same way, you might have been discouraged over this past year because you've not seen advancement. You've not seen progress, even in your own spiritual development or life. You've not seen progress in your relationships. You've not seen progress in your finances, even as you struggle to maintain a job during a pandemic that's wrecked the economy. But what we see is that God, who is for you and not against you, and as you have faith and confidence in him, speaks into existence that which presently calls into existence that which does not presently exist. And when we put our faith in his ability to do this, we'll see supernatural works and miracles just like Abraham did in his time, just like Sarah did in her time. Because in verse 18, it says, in hope, he, meaning Abraham, believed against hope. And so that means when everything else is stacked against you, when all the bills are coming and you don't know how they're going to be paid, when you have children who are going astray and you don't know how they're going to get back on track, it might look like everything is bleak and there's no hope in those situations. But the faith that God's calling us to is the faith of Abraham to say in hope, he believed against all hope that he should become the father of of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old when Isaac, his son of promise, actually came on the scene, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. So what he was saying is that he did, in, in Abraham's case, a lot of times people think that faith is denying reality or just closing our eyes to the realities that are in front of us. I, oh, I don't see that bill. Oh, I, I don't, I don't see, you know what I mean? That, 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 that bad response that I got from my child. I don't see, you know what I mean? That my, uh, my spouse is like getting more and more distant from me. You might experience those things and want to deny them, but that doesn't help anything. What helps is acknowledging the reality and then going to God in faith to change that reality. Saying, God, I understand that this this situation might be as good as dead, but you've called me to a faith that can resurrect the dead. 
You've called me to a faith that can actually see your hand intervene in my situation and bring life to that which was once lifeless. And that is the faith that God's called us to. Not to deny reality, but to go to God in the midst of our realities. In prayer, in the fellowship of other believers who are standing on this word of God, who can encourage us, not once, not twice, but daily, as often as you need it. As often as you need it. To be able to stand on this word of God and actually cry out to God for his miracle intervention and power. That is the faith that God releases to his people and that he wants to give us even in this new year. It said that he did not weaken his faith, in his faith, but verse 21 was fully convinced that God was able. And that's the nature of faith. That's the, that's the content of faith. That not, not am I able, but is God able? Is God able to change my situation? Is God able? Well, Abraham said yes, and so shall we as we're of the faith of Abraham. That despite what we see around us, God is able to change my situation. God is able to change my circumstance. God is able to change what's going on in my heart, my mind, and in my relationships. He said he fully was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And why we study this word of God every day is because we're reminded of what God has promised us. That there is, yes, death that's going to come to us all, a judgment that's going to come to us all, where we're going to have to give an account for our lives, how we've lived, whether in faithfulness or lack thereof before a holy and righteous God. But because Jesus died on the cross for us and was resurrected from the dead, God is able to save even us, no matter what we've done or where we've come from, God is able to forgive and deliver us. And in our present circumstances, set us free from the sin that was previously destroying our lives. God is able. I may not be able, but God is able. And when he calls us to faith, he's calling us to this faith in Abraham that says God is able to do what he promised us he would do. And that, verse 22, is why his, meaning Abraham's faith, was counted to him as righteousness. That's why his faith was counted in him as righteousness. Meaning that God said, Abraham, you are in right standing with me. Not because of the perfect record that you had, but because you counted me able. You counted my word as true. And I'm going to transform your situation. I'm going to transform your life because you counted me as able and true. And so what we see is that that is the very nature of the gospel. That it's not our good works that justifies us before God, but it's our, the only work that we have is to believe God. Believe that he is able to do and has done for us through his son Jesus the very thing that we need to give us peace with himself. And when he gives us peace with himself, we have all the blessings of the kingdom of God available to us because God is good and not that we're good. He said he counted it to him as righteousness. Verse 23, but the words it was counted to him were not for his sake alone. You see, though we're talking about Abraham today, it's not just about Abraham that God was concerned. He's concerned about you. And he's concerned about me. And he says it was for our benefit. It's counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus, our Lord, 
who was delivered up for our trespasses, meaning we did what was wrong even when we knew better. That's what a trespass is. He, Jesus, was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And so as we go into this new year, that's the type of faith that God's calling us to again. He's calling us to a faith. When these three remain, faith, hope, and love, he's calling us to a faith in his ability to grant us a righteousness that's not from ourselves, but that's ultimately dependent on Jesus. And therefore, if God blesses according to our righteous acts and deeds, thank God that we're covered in the righteousness of Jesus, that God can speak life over our dead situations, our dead relationships, our dead business, our dead circumstances again, and bring life to the dead. Why? Because he promised good to those who love him, good to those who fear him, good to those who would wait and build their lives on his promises. So I'm here to tell you today that God's got good for you in 2021. Despite what you experienced in 2020, God wants you to come to a faith where you know he's able, you know he's able to resurrect the dead. And even though you look clearly at the circumstances around you, you say, my focus and my faith are in Jesus. And as my focus and my faith are in Jesus, I'm going to come into the blessing of God, even regardless of what I see going on around me, as I stand on his word and I trust that he's able to do that, what she's promised me in Jesus name. All right. So as we finish today, I want to pray for you. And if there are those of you who say, God, I have been discouraged over this past year. And though I see the changing of the calendar, I still need your help to get to a place like Abraham, where I am believing you to have the ability to resurrect the dead. I'm believing that you can, in fact, bring about your promise despite what I see going on around me in my circumstances, my relationships, my finances, my health even. And if that's you today, why don't you pray this prayer with me as we look for God's blessing in 2021. Almighty God, I thank you so much that you've given us your word and your example of promise. Promise to the patriarch Abraham, promise to the father of the faith and Sarah as a mother in the faith, showing us that God, you are able to work continually and supernaturally as we put our trust, our faith in your word. And God, regardless of what we experienced um, in this pandemic period, regardless of what we experienced up to this point, God, may you renew and rejuvenate our faith in your word, in your ability to resurrect even that which is dead. God, we're asking you in Jesus' name that you would help our confidence grow in you and that because we have confidence um, in you, even if we have to wait on your promise to be manifested, even as Abraham had to wait from the age of 75 to 100 years old to actually see the promise of Isaac come on the scene. God, we pray that we would not waver in our faith, just like Abraham didn't waver in our faith, but trust that you are able to bring into existence and call into existence that which does not exist. God, give us the ability to live in your supernatural faith in this year in Jesus' name. God, I pray you would bless my brothers and sisters with that hope in Jesus' name, in your power, your life, and your love. Amen.
Now, for those of you who say, you know what, not only do I need a recharge of faith, but ultimately I've never really come into the righteousness of God, right standing with God, because I've depended on my own good works. I've depended on my own ability to justify myself to the world and to God and uh, in heaven above. And I know that ultimately it's been a tormenting thing because I've always in my heart of hearts known that I've fallen short. But today I want to leave all of that self-justification behind, turn away from my rebellion against God and my sin and put my trust in his work for me, Jesus work for me and the faith that he wants to release to me. I want to be made right with God through what Christ has done for me today. If that's you and you want to turn away from sin and come into right relationship with God, would, could you end with me by praying this prayer? Almighty God, I realize that I've really been a sinner and I've lived a life of torment in my heart and my mind because I've tried to live justifying myself before you and others. But I know that I've fallen terribly short over and over again in my relationships, with my addictions, with my uh, drunkenness, with all types of evil that's come out of not other people, but out of me. And I know if I were to stand before you today, I would deserve death and hell, but I don't want it. And I'm sorry today for my sin. I thank you that you sent Jesus, your son, to live the perfect life that I should have lived and provide a perfect record that I could cling to. Because on the cross, he died the sacrificial death that I should have died to pay the price before you. And because of his innocence was raised from the dead three days later so that not only could I have forgiveness of sins, but new life in you. So God, would you make me a new creation today? Would you please forgive me my sin today and help me to come into the faith of Abraham? putting my trust in your word, that I might no longer depend on my own record, but on your record, your perfect record that you gave me in exchange at the cross. Jesus, I proclaim you as my Lord today. And would you teach me how to love you, follow you, and obey you for the rest of my days in your mighty name. Amen. Now, the good news is, is if you prayed that prayer, God said that he's made you a new creation. So would you go with me to our website, secondcitychurch.com slash new life? There you can find not only resources, but the next steps of how to come into this great liberating faith that Jesus has for you in your life. The faith of Abraham, the faith of the patriarchs, and the faith that ultimately sets us free. Faith in the living God, his word, and his promises towards you out of his great love for you expressed through Jesus. We want you to know that we'll be continuing this encouragement throughout the week in our community groups. And we, if you've not yet found one, we want you to go to our website where you can find both in-person and virtual options. At the same time, we want you to also consider sharing this message of good news that people might be encouraged throughout their week to turn to God and his genuine care and concern and love for them in Jesus. We also invite you to invite friends who also need to hear this good news of the gospel next week as we come together in our service together. But we want you to also know that we'll be praying for you this week. We love you so much. Please let us know if you need anything. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Have a great week.